Hello, guys, and welcome once again to On the Path with Cheryl Nemhart. I am so excited to be with you today and to be having this important conversation. What do we do when it seems like God is silent? How do we pray when we don't know what the end will be? And when we are broken and disappointed, how do we begin the conversation with God. There is no better time than this moment that we are in to have this conversation. I am so excited to have with us today author, speaker, teacher, Sheila Walsh. And she is the author of the most recent book in her series called Praying Women. And the subtitle alone is so encouraging, How to Pray when you don't know what to say. I'm gonna be talking with Sheila about the current crisis that we are in. COVID is all around us. How is she doing in this pandemic? But what is she learning in this time of isolation? And what are the lessons that we can pull down for ourselves? I also speak with her about the power of prayer and the and the blessing and the victory that comes when we pray through our pain. Oh my goodness, guys, this conversation for those who are feeling overwhelmed, those who have sick members in their family, those who are being uh, just affected by watching the numbers of those sick and dying around us. It is seemingly a dark time, but God is our hope. And we're going to be talking about nothing but hope and victory and overcoming and prayer today. I've got Sheila Walsh, and we are talking about praying through the storm here on On the Path. Sheila, I am literally beside myself excited to talk to you today. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you too. Yeah, I, I'm all about honesty and transparency. So I have to tell my viewers, I literally could not sleep last night. That's a fact. Woke up early in the morning and was bright and bushy eyed, ready to talk to Sheila about uh, six hours too early. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love it. Um, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just so happy that we get to talk and I'll tell you why I'm so excited is because I just believe the timing of this is so divine because of your book, which I'm holding in my hand, uh, which I've been devouring by the way, praying women, how to pray when you don't know what to say. Well, who would have known that we would be here? Hey, Sheila. Mm. I know God. Oh my God. It's just it. I think the thing that is 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 really hitting home to all of us is that you just don't even know what a, a week can bring. One week we're all doing ministry and and life mm-hmm. as usual, and then in a week's notice, it feels like the world just flipped upside down. Absolutely. In fact, I was scheduled to come to Canada, um, and I was so excited because I just I love my Canadian sisters. But Yay. obviously, that was cancelled, <laughs> and everything that I have for the next at least two months has been cancelled. And here in Dallas, Texas, um, we're not allowed to gather in more groups bigger than two. So we have been really 
contained now. I mean, our son is in Houston, Texas, and he's in his apartment. And we can't go there. And my husband, Barry, and I are in our house, and we, he can't come to us. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. And I, I, I do share that with you, um, just as a speaker myself, just seeing cancellation after cancellation, a, a little bit of trepidation and nervousness, but then you get the scope of what's going on, and it pales yeah. in comparison. And I, funny enough, I was supposed to be in San Antonio in the next oh. uh, few weeks. Yeah, so a little bit of a switch, switcheroo for you and I. <laughs> um, but Sheila, I got to ask you, um, thank you for the update, too, on your family, because that was actually Actually, what I was going to ask you right off the top, because, um, you know, we're sisters first above all things. How, yeah. how are you doing? Uh, any family members that are uh, struggling right now with illness or is all well? You know, it's so interesting, Cheryl. Um, this is really kind of wacky, but it's just who my husband and I are. We, When things got a little, we could see the things in the horizon were getting worse and worse. We brought back out one of our little Christmas trees. And so we have it on and we have it lit. And it's the one where we have all the things that our son made when he was in school. And and when I was letting my dogs out this morning, I, I paused and I looked at it. And there was this photograph of my mom. And my, my mom passed a couple of years ago. And I miss her so much. But this morning was the first time that I found myself grateful that she's safely home with the Lord. Because my mom had Alzheimer's. And, you know, the way things are in Scotland, too, my sister would not have been able to be with her. My mom would not have been able to leave her room. And it would have been terrifying. So it's just given me a fresh heart for those who have older relatives and people who just don't understand what's going on. Yeah, Yeah, I I have a mother-in-law, my husband's uh, mother. She's uh, quite advanced in her Alzheimer's in a nursing home right now as we speak. And we are not able to reach her as well. It is just, you know, when you think about it, it feels so dark, so hopeless. And I just got to ask you, what do you, what are you doing right now to keep your spirits up? And, and what should our posture be in a time like this? You know, it's funny. My husband and I started doing this a couple of Sundays ago. We do this thing on our, my Facebook page, which is Sheila Walsh Connects, but it's just called um, Church in the Kitchen. And we just kind of go live and we just kind of, we, you know, we shared some scripture. I have a new worship CD out called Brave Heart Worship. Played yes. a couple of songs. And then we took communion together and we had 20,000 people join us on that You're Facebook live. You're kidding me. Oh my from gosh. England, Australia, from Japan. And I just think it's, you know, we have to self-isolate, but the Holy Spirit does not self-isolate. The Holy Spirit is with you right now in Canada and with me right now in my living room in Dallas. And I'm just encouraging people to stay connected, not to, you know, even if it's just like I have 50 girls, which is a lot, but every Thursday morning, 50 of us get on a Zoom call and, you know, just various Christian leaders from across the country. And we just pray for one another and we pray for our nation and we pray for Canada and we pray for Italy. We pray for Spain. There's something about seeing somebody else's face that is just it's just encouraging. Oh, I love that. And, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm I'm such a firm believer. I've always been this way just because of, I guess, the hardness of my life growing up that storms are the greatest teachers. They teach us yeah. so much. Uh, we think that it's in the blessing, the high time, the mountains, but it's really in that in the hard stuff of life that we get those big lessons. And I, I want to ask you, I'm just so curious, what are you learning during this time of quarantine and isolation? Is God laying anything on your heart that, that you'd like to share? Share with us to, you know, encourage and enlighten. Well, you know, it's funny. I've been thinking and 
praying and wouldn't it be interesting wouldn't it just be like god if in this crucible of suffering with this covid virus that it was actually the place where revival was born because it's like we all have things that we think we need to do we're rushing to do this and rushing to do that and now we can't and so you know, suddenly we're home together and we start to pray together as a family. My husband and I have started having communion together every day. And wow. I mean, you don't have to have you don't have to have anything fancy. You know, you just have to find a, a cracker and some juice or anything that is your, you know, in your tradition. But mm-hmm. simply remembering about, you know, that Christ gave his body for us, that he shed his blood for us. Yeah. That because of because of that. No matter what we're walking through at the moment, I think we could learn. I mean, I'm praying that we come out of this, the other side, different people. Absolutely. Because, you know, because we've learned to pray. We've learned not to rely so much on the things that we usually depend on. There's a, a theologian that I love. His name is N.T. Wright. Um, and I read a thing this morning that he wrote in the New York Times, and it was all about um, why the why Christians don't have an answer to COVID-19, which is an interesting kind of intriguing title. Mm. But it's it, his article is all about the Psalms and that the Psalms give language to us when we're in tough times. And he talked about Psalms of lament that, you know, so often I think as Christians, we feel obliged to say hopeful things or to tell people everything will work out for good, which it will, because that's who God is. But mm-hmm. I'm learning to read through the Psalms of Lament, where the earth is groaning, and we oh. cry out to God for mercy. So good. So good. Would you would you say that this feels like a, a divine reset of sorts? I absolutely do. I think it's an absolute reset because it's, it's you know, there's something, I, one of the prayers I prayed at the beginning of last year, at the beginning of 2019, and it's, it's kind of a scary prayer to pray, but I know God well enough to know that it, it's scary, but he's God. I prayed, Lord, shake me, shake mm. me till everything, everything that can be shaken off is shaken off. And so that what I'm left with is what is pure gold. And I think yeah. of like, I was reading a thing by Amy Carmichael when she was in China and one of she took one of her children to watch a goldsmith purifying gold in the fire. And he would put it in and bring it out and kind of polish it off and then put it back in. And it was still full of um, all sorts of different things that shouldn't be there. And she eventually asked him, how do you know when it's refined. And he said, when I can see my face in it. And I think, Lord, that would be my prayer. You know, let revival come, but let your face be seen in me. Mm. And the refining is not always comfortable. It does hurt. Right. It's never comfortable. It's never comfortable. It's never comfortable. It's like even just practically, like all my, you know, I go out and speak and do things and that's my, that's my income. Well, for the next two months, that's gone. So right. I'm having to I'm having to remember what I knew as a child. After my father committed suicide, my mom and three children, we lived in very limited resources where we were so aware that literally our next meal came from the Lord. And there's something about this. It's just like remembering whose we are and who we are dependent on. It's oh. kind of like a re, like a refocusing, like a, a like I love Psalm 121. I'd lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come yes. from? My help comes from the Lord. So good. So good. Oh, <laughs> Sheila, you're igniting the Pentecostal in me. Calm down. Woo! <laughs> 
Oh, it's so good. It is so good. And every word is so true, guys. You know, when I was reading your book, uh, Sheila, I got to say, um, and I'm and and I I'm going to take a selfish moment because um, uh, the crew and I on, on the television show I co-host, See Her Love, we dove into It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And um, what a life-changing book that was. You have a way of just speaking from the heart. And uh, and putting it all out there, and I love your transparency. You you don't hide your flaws, Sheila, at all. No. Yeah, too old yeah. for that. Too old for that. And you know, it's it's in the flaws, it's in the brokenness, it's in the pain that I think you minister so powerfully to us. And out of that, you ended up writing a chapter called um, "Praying Through Your Pain." Wow, the title alone uh, says so much. And I just thought it'd be a good moment in light of what's going on as a backdrop, there's so many people broken, so many people hurting and discouraged. Um, what did you mean by that? How do we begin that journey of praying through our pain? And uh, what's on the other side of that if we push through? You know, it's so interesting, Cheryl. Sometimes I've been in situations where I've prayed and prayed for an answer. And the answer that I wanted or the answer that would have made sense to me doesn't come. And what I realized, the more I press in, is what I actually longed for was the presence of God. Because like an answer gives you information, but the presence of God brings peace, mm-hmm. no matter what, no matter what the information is. And, you know, I think to the level that we're willing to be honest with God is an indication of how much we actually trust him. You know, if we feel, I mean, I think the days of praying what we think are the right things to pray, finding the what we think are the right sounding words. Mm. I hope those fall away. And I mean, if you read through the Psalms, I realize the Psalms were given by God to the people of God so that they could pray them back to God. Absolutely. And whatever, and whatever we are walking through, you will find language for that in the Psalms. And interestingly enough, Right in the middle of the Psalms, the very kind of middle one, I think it's 88, is a Psalm that has no positive resolution. Because so many Psalms start with, you know, crying out to God and then there's a, but I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But this one Psalm begins with anguish and it ends that way. And I think, Lord, why did you include that? It has to be an acknowledgement of the fact that there are things in our life that that don't make sense. And on, on those times, what we have to do is throw ourselves in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. I've learned to take, I mean, I do this strange thing, but um, where I'll put a, a chair in the middle of the room and I'll just go and sit there. And um, it's this conscious thing of saying, Lord, I'm sitting here in your presence. Yeah. I don't always, I don't always have words. Um, and even on those times, I mean, I'm thinking of some of your listeners who may be walking through incredibly difficult situations and they don't know how to pray. So often we'll quote Romans 8, 28, and we believe that all things work together for the good, for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. But the, the verses before that say, when you cannot find the words to pray, the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us, calling out our name, praying in accordance with the will of God. Mm. That I just think there's such a, I think the Lord is longing for a fresh intimacy that we mm. come as vulnerable children to a father who loves us. 
Oh, we are we're talking about uh, not only the incredible book, Praying Women, How to Pray When You Don't Know What to Say, but really pausing and, and, and refusing. I love that to be tone deaf. We acknowledge the moment that we're in. And I'm just so thankful for this word, Sheila, because I feel like it's it's for men, it's for women, it's for children. Like prayer is what we are being called to right yeah. now. Yeah. Absolutely. Right now. I've just finished, a, I mean, it won't come out till the fall, but I've finished a book for kind of middle school children for, you know, for tweens, you know, for young girls. And it's called Praying Girls, because I think if I could have learned when I was like eight, nine, 10, 11, oh. you know, how to come to God in prayer. So that's good. that's really my passion. And the thing I love is that this isn't just something that God's deposited in my heart. I hear it from all around the world. So many of God, of God's daughters saying this is what God is calling us to is to because when God's daughters go down on their knees, I mean the battle is not ending. The battle is just beginning. Mm. You know, Sheila, I'm I'm so ignited by this conversation, and and just because of my own personal background, being someone that that was actually witnessed to on literally on the streets, I'm mm. always so mindful of those that don't have the language, um, right. aren't aren't church churched or uh, know sort of the, the the little phrases that we use, and so mm. I, I want to shift gears just for a quick second. And just talk to someone who stumbled onto the podcast, doesn't have a faith uh, yet, system of their own, uh, yeah. is really trying to figure this whole God thing out, and is feeling pretty hurt, uh, perhaps angry, perhaps resentful. It's a tough question, but I just I know that you are so called to speak to it. Like, what? How do we even begin this whole conversation? Because we know that's what prayer is, this conversation. But how do we do that when we feel like God is silent? Looking at the landscape of our lives, I'm hearing like, where is God? God is silent. And when we don't know what he's doing, how how do we start that process? That is a fantastic question. I mean, to me, honestly, you start exactly where you are. If you're somebody listening in right now, and maybe you, you used to go to church, but it made no sense. And so you walked away. Or maybe you used to go to church and you felt like we were a bunch of hypocrites. So you walked away. Or maybe that's not even in your vocabulary. You've never darkened the door of a church other than a wedding or a funeral. The thing that I'm praying that God would communicate better than I ever can is that you get to just show up as you actually are. I mean, you can take a walk, you can do whatever you want and simply say, okay, God, if you are real, if if this is true, none of this makes sense. My life doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. So begin to totally pour out what's inside of you. When I was 18, um, the summer before I went to seminary, I volunteered in a senior citizen center every day, and I would just serve lunches and meals and coffees and talk to people. And there was one gentleman who would never come to the table. He sat with his back to the wall. And so I would take his lunch to him in a tray and he would never even say hello. So one day I sat down beside him and I said, "Um, hi, my name is Sheila. Um, I'm from this town. But one day I want to go to North America. And his face lit up like he just won the lottery. And he said, that's where I'm from. I'm from New York State. And from that point on, he and I became best buddies. But the thing <laughs> that stayed with me is that every single day, even if my bus was late, the minute I walked through the doors of that senior center, he would cry out, she came. I think oh, that's how wow. I, 
I think that's how God feels when you just take the risk and sit down and say, okay, God, if you're real, you know, I'm hurting. This doesn't make sense. I think all of heaven cries out. She Mm. came. Oh, so good. And the truth is so many of us are saying that we're waiting on God to do this and we're waiting on God to do that. But the reality is God is waiting on us. Yeah, I know. And he doesn't want your perfection. He just wants your presence. Yeah. You don't need, per- I mean, see it. I can't, no, it wasn't C.S. Lewis. It was John Bunyan wrote, it's better to have a heart with no words than words with no heart. Oh, come on. Love that. Oh, I love this. And so, and so uh, not in, not in our questions, but I've got to say, I feel like for someone listening, you know, sometimes we, as the church, we've complicated this whole thing, haven't we? Oh, we've totally. Totally. And it, and, and what would you say? It's as simple as what Sheila? It's as simple as saying, okay, God, um, this is new to me, but I, I would, I would actually like to know you. And you know what I've, what I've often said when I speak to groups of women is like, if you're in a bad place, run to church as quickly as you can. I don't can't care if you come in your pajamas with a packet of cigarettes in your back pocket. Just get into the presence of God where you believe that, you know, I mean, there's been times in my life where the last thing I wanted to do was go to church. I mean, I spent mm-hmm. a month in a psychiatric hospital diagnosed with severe clinical depression. And I thought God was so disappointed in me and angry with me. And when my doctor said, listen, before you're released from the hospital, I want you to take a trip out. You can go to a mall, you can go to a movie. And I said, no, I just, I want to go to church. And I sat in the very back row. And I remember the the preacher that morning, I don't remember his whole message, but at the end, he said this, um, some of you feel as if you're dead inside. You can almost hear them begin to heap the earth on top of you. But he said, I want you to know one thing, Jesus is here. And at the end of that service, I had no idea what the traditions of this church were, but I ran to the front and I lay face down in front of the cross. And what came back to me were the words of a hymn that my grandmother used to sing to me when I was just a wee girl in Scotland. And it was rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself myself in thee. thee. But these two lines, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. And I finally got it. I am not the good news Jesus is. Oh, Oh, Sheila, I'm literally wiping tears. It's thank you for saying that because the, this is the reality is that we need to just simplify this relationship because it is yeah. a relationship and it doesn't require perfection. I, I myself also ran one of like one of those ladies that ran with drug money in my pocket, uh, finally saying yes after six months of being witnessed to on the street. God just wants you. He doesn't yeah. care about what you're carrying and it and how it sounds. And I think we get caught up in the wording of prayer and and, and that we've got to have it all together. Uh, thank you for really just breaking that down for us. I, I, I got to ask this question because it's just it's just where we need to be right now. We need hope. We need some encouragement. And, and there was a chapter that just, it just lit my heart on fire. And I was hoping that you'd share a few truths from it. And, and the title alone, I mean, my goodness, Praying from a Place of Victory. Well, Sheila, if I can be honest, it, it sure doesn't feel like victory right now. But is that is that an internal feeling of victory that we're praying from? You know, it's interesting. It's like, it's praying from a place of 
of knowing, having seen the end of the movie. It's like, you know, no matter what we're going, I mean, Christ said, you know, that we're going to go through some stuff, but it's understanding there's coming a day when all of, I, ra- I love Revelation um, 21. If any of your listeners haven't read that in a while, it's so good to read that there will come a day when God himself will wipe the last tear off your face. There'll be no more cancer, no more death, no more divorce, no more suffering. It will finally all be over and we will be home free. And when you're in the middle of the mess, though, it's so hard to live in that reality. So I have all sorts of things that help me. I have a worship playlist on my iPhone. And sometimes, you know, when, like yesterday, my husband and I decided we had to get in the car and at least drive around because we felt we we're going to kill each other if we stayed in the house, you know, and <laughs> with only two people we'd seen. Right. So we just drove through the neighborhood and I just blasted my worship prayer list. And there's something about being reminded of what is always true no matter what might be true for a season. Plus, if you read nothing else, get into the word of God. Find a mm-hmm. translation that speaks to you. But it's like, it's the only thing you can pick up in paper that's not dead. It's a lie. Mm. It's the word of God. Come and it will on. speak life to you. Yeah. Oh, so good. You know, um, Sheila, I want to thank you first and foremost before I I lose it because I'm losing my mind over here. I'm just trying to hold it together. (laughs) Thank you so much for uh, lifting our hearts, lifting our spirits, giving us words of wisdom. And uh, I just I just want to ask you this question. It's it's again off the grid, but I just it's just I just want to flow. What should we hold on to right now? What do we need to remember? Just as you close. You know, a lot has been said, but for that person that just needs that last final thought to go, what should we be remembering right now? You know, when I was growing up, after my my father committed suicide when I was five, but my mom was a farm accountant in Scotland. She would do the accounts for the farmers and the shepherds. And one of the things I loved was I would get to watch the spring lambs being born. And every now and again, um, you would give birth to a lamb. And the the youth, for whatever reason, would immediately reject it. And they call those bummer lambs. And so what the shepherd would have to do is take that lamb into his home and he would feed it with a bottle and keep it warm by the fire. And at least once a day, the shepherd would hold it close to his heart so the lamb could hear a heartbeat. And once that lamb was strong and able to rejoin the flock, he would place it back with the flock. But in the morning, and this is what I loved watching, the shepherd would come out and he would call the sheep, 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 sheep. And the first ones to run to him were the bummer lambs because they knew his voice. Now, the shepherd didn't love the bummer lambs more than the rest. They just believed it. I will be a Mm. bummer lamb until the day I see Jesus face to face. Mm. And Jesus doesn't love his bummer lambs anymore. It's just that we actually dare to believe that with all that we like of ourselves and all we despise, with the things we get right and the things we get wrong, the shepherd loves his lambs. And he, unlike anywhere else in the world in Israel, the shepherd goes ahead of the lambs to make sure that there's nothing dangerous. But there's always two dogs behind to make sure none gets lost. That's in Psalm 23. Those two dogs are in Psalm 23. They're called goodness and mercy. We will be dogged by the goodness and mercy of God until we see his face. Oh, 
Thank you so much. And for all that are listening, you know, be encouraged. We who know the voice of God cling to that voice, hang on to his voice and let us not be moved by what we see and what we hear. Uh, So much of it would try to uh, overwhelm us, but God Mm -hmm. is our refuge in the time of storm and our hope is in God. And that's an anchor that keeps us uh, tethered when the storms of life try to knock us over. And Sheila, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I have loved talking with you, Cheryl. You're a deep well. (laughs) So (laughs) I've been told that I I, I gravitate to deep wells. So uh, I'm just letting you know, we're going to start the stalking as of the next 30 seconds. (laughs) You're going to be like, hmm, Cheryl's dead in the front row of my three next conferences. Oh, dear. (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) <laughs> Guys, this this book is called Praying Women. And can I just say this? I, I've read it myself, and I am the butchiest, tomboyest girl of them all. <laughs> this, this book will ignite any person's heart. This is for the woman that you love, your sister, your aunt. And then sneak it for yourself, guys. I know I have guys that listen. Because why? Because prayer is all we've got right now. It's it's what we have. It's our weapon of choice. It's our lifeline. Sheila, how can we get a hold of you for those that aren't familiar and want to just hang on to your tails like I'm going to? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so uh, everyone that everyone that wants to stalk Sheila, get your pens out. Here we go. <laughs> on Facebook, it's just Sheila Walsh Connect, um, and that's a great place because um, my husband and I will do these little Facebook lives from our kitchen. Sometimes the dogs make an appearance, but you know, or on Instagram, I'm just Sheila Walsh one or okay. SheilaWalsh.com. And actually, for those who do want to get the book, um, if you can still afford it in these wacky times, if you then come to my website and hit on free resources and put in your name, your email, and what it says you know, the number of, you know, where you purchased it, ignore that. Just put in the word hope and you can download an eight-week free Bible study. Oh, so good. Guys, I hope that you connect with Sheila. And uh, the best news of all, I'm just reading from the back of her book. I got to say this out loud. There is a simple and powerful way to reignite our conversation with God. Let's remove the layers of confusion and doctrine and uh, all of the rules and regulations. And let's just get back to the business of speaking, talking with God, friend to friend. Sheila, thank you so much. Love you. Love you too. Thank you so much. Wow, what an incredible conversation with the powerhouse herself. Sheila Walsh, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire, to encourage, and to ignite every heart in this challenging time. Well, guys, there is no better time than the present to move into a very special part of our podcast here at On The Path, and that is our Repeat After Me segment. This is a time where we take the lessons and the deeper thoughts of our conversation, and as I say, we pull them down deep by speaking a word of affirmation over our lives. 
The Bible says that the power of life and death lies in the tongue. So we endeavor to speak life and to speak the things that God has declared over us. And today's repeat after me is quite special. As we give tribute to the words of Sheila Walsh and really encourage ourselves in this time of a pandemic crisis. May your hearts be encouraged by the words. And as I always say, feel free to repeat this section over and over until you feel a bit lighter and a bit more encouraged to move forward in this journey. So right where you are, find a moment of stillness. Take a deep breath. Our breath comes from God. And without further ado, repeat after me. I declare today that I will pray and not stop until I receive God's answer. I declare today that I will press through in prayer even when life seems tough. I will pray and trust God in the silence and in the not knowing of the end. I will not depend on my own strength, but on the power of God's word. And lastly, I will pray from a posture of victory, knowing that God has already won the battle. And lastly, as we always say, I do not go alone. God goes before me. God goes with me. Well, guys, if you said those affirmations with me today, I just want to tell you that we will be all right. God is our hope. God is our refuge. He is our strength. And in these seemingly dark times, we look to the light of our salvation. And if you are new to the whole concept of faith, can I encourage you to just find a church online and it's so accessible now. Uh, if you're looking for uh, some suggestions on where to go, feel free to DM me, send me a message at Cheryl Nemhard, and you can also join my website or have a look at CherylNemhard.com. Guys, I would love to hear from you how the podcasts are encouraging you. Please like, please share, please download, subscribe, and rate. And guys, until we meet again, keep living, keep learning keep loving, and keep praying. I'll see you on the path.